Hey there, Jordan Sheridan live. Status quo, Wednesday, uh, February the 15th, the year 2023, right here in the United Corporations of America. Uh, we are staying on uh, this train explosion uh, in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, yeah, Kim Brown uh, under the weather today. So uh, it's me. You'll have to deal with me uh, again. Uh, we have a jam-packed show. Jam-packed show. Uh, and we're staying on uh, what I think is uh, quite possibly going to be one of the biggest ecological disasters uh, in modern history. Uh, I think we have uh, the makings of a cover-up here uh, that seem uh, pretty pretty familiar to me. Uh, you know, in my experience dealing with the EPA uh, and government and private corporations, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we, uh, I'm going to react to some of the things Erin Brockovich said yesterday. Uh, it was awesome to interview her. She is a real force of nature. Uh, I actually have not had recently so many people reach out to me telling me, wow, you know, that was amazing. Uh, people really liked that interview. Uh, so that we posted, uh, the whole interview with Erin Brockovich on its own last night. So definitely, uh, if you missed the interview or even if you saw it on the live stream, go give it a click. Uh, that interview is up by itself. Uh, we also posted separately as its own video uh, my interview with a, rel uh, a mother of East Palestine, Ohio, uh, who unfortunately her nine-year-old son had pretty volatile reaction uh, right after the train uh, fire started, you know, even before the control release started. Um, including violent shaking, projectile vomiting, uh, among other things. And that clip, which is awesome, has uh, on Twitter, it has 100,000 views already. So we're really getting uh, this information out there. And frankly, I think doing a much better job uh, than the corporate media, who seems to regurgitating whatever the hell the EPA and Norfolk Southern tell them. And uh, welcome to new subscribers. Uh, we got a couple new subscribers in recent days. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. And uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the community. Uh, so let me tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start uh, showing you uh, a photo we got from a workplace right next to uh, where the explosion was. And uh, needless to say, uh, this photo does not make it look like the water is okay <laughs> in East Palestine. Uh, then we're going to interview uh, a resident. Uh, part of the story that I want to get out there more is this is affecting a lot more people than just in the direct East Palestine area. Uh, this is affecting people as far as 15 miles down the road, 30 miles down the road. I've even seen 50 miles down the road. Uh, so we're going to talk to someone who is um, a resident uh, 15 miles down the road who had uh, pretty significant symptoms uh, right after this uh, controlled explosion, as they call it. Uh, Kyle and I just sent you that person's info uh, for you to test with that person if need be. So we're going to speak with a resident who had some pretty big symptoms uh, down the road. Uh, we are also going to air an interview I did with the former chief of staff of OSHA um, to kind of talk about vinyl chloride and why this is such a dangerous chemical. Uh, that is spreading throughout uh, East Palestine, Ohio, and frankly, to the east of it in Pennsylvania and to the west of it in other parts of Ohio. Uh, and we're also going to bring on Louis DeAngelis, a freelance reporter, uh, because there was a derailment in Houston, Texas, 
since the derailment in Ohio. Uh, so we're going to get information on the derailment in Houston, which also had uh, some toxins released. So a lot to get to. And just to give you an update, tonight uh, is a town, they're calling it an, a town hall, but almost like an open house too. It's kind of weird. Uh, but there's a town hall in East Palestine, Ohio, that starts at 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, where residents are going to be able to, uh, we hope, speak to their government, uh, get questions answered from government, EPA. Uh, I am not optimistic uh, that they are going to get full transparent uh Full transparency, but we'll see. Uh, we are still waiting for the water testing results from the EPA. I can't report anything as fact, but I am hearing uh, from uh, sources that uh, the water is going to test, is going to have, is, go is going to test um, positive for contamination. Uh, I don't know that for fact, but that's what I'm hearing from a source I have. So we will see about that. Uh, and I find it highly dubious what they're saying, that they're not finding anything in the air uh, as far as vinyl chloride. And they're not detecting anything in the air. Uh, we will play a clip from Erin Brockovich uh, and her, what she said about that, because uh, what she made the point of, it's possible that it will take a little longer for it to show up in the air. So that's why they need to do continue testing. And that's why it's kind of insane that they sent these people back home before they did thorough testing, not one round of testing, but extensive testing. And if you appreciate uh, the reporting we have been doing, uh, consider signing up as a status coup member. That's statuscoup.com slash join, statuscoup.com slash join. You could become a member for as low as five to $10 a month, five to $10 a month uh, to support our journalism. And I am uh, having conversations right now with Lewis about possibly sending him to East Palestine. So uh, we most likely will be on the ground. I'm actually kind of waiting for the rest of the cameras to leave, which probably, let's be real, is going to happen in a few days because media doesn't stay anywhere uh, that long. Because uh, to me, in my experience, the real story and the real cover-up begins when the rest of the media leaves and stops covering it. Uh, so we will update you on that. Uh, Colin, if you could bring up um, the photo uh, that we were sent. So this is a photo. I'm not going to say uh, what workplace, uh, just to protect who we got it from. But that is a sink uh, in a workplace right next to where the explosion was. Uh, I verified that that brown ring was not there uh, before. Uh, the train explosion. Uh, and the worker who sent this uh, was one of several workers who was forced back to work the day after this train explosion and controlled release and uh, was feeling sick at work, uh, including coughing and eyes burning. Uh, that is the sink at this workplace right next to uh, where the train explosion happened. And the description uh, that I was given uh, from the worker was the water is literally white. So water is supposed to be kind of clear. Even if water is clear, you can have, con if you could put it back up, Colin, you can still have contaminants in the water, even if the water is clear. But it was described to me that the water coming out is white and, quote, smells like wet dog. Smells like wet dog. So this happened February 3rd. We're February 15th now. Uh, that brown ring, <laughs> that wasn't there before, uh, from what I'm told. Uh, and the water 
again, from what I was told, uh, looks white and smells like wet dog. So we already know that uh, rows and rows of fish, as many as 3,500 fish have died uh, in uh, the Ohio River uh, after this train explosion. Uh, we know coyotes, coyotes and foxes have been sick. Uh, I interviewed a resident uh, who lives about nine miles from where the explosion was, whose fox died. Uh, and uh, his other foxes, he's a fox keeper, and his other foxes and coyotes are ill uh, and cognitively are having issues too. Uh, so the fish aren't dying from Kool-Aid. They're dying from the water. Um, the animals, uh, this person told me uh, he's feeding his animals bottled water, which obviously could get expensive. Uh, but they're still breathing in whatever the hell is in the air. And like I said, one fox died and uh, several of his other animals are sick. And at the vet, uh, the blood tests for the animals showed elevated, elevated um, liver enzymes, uh, cl high chloride levels and lung inflammation. Um, so, you know, I don't want to, we'll wait for the testing. As Aaron Brockovich said yesterday, don't automatically trust the testing because I've experienced the EPA and their um, testing integrity not be so great. Uh, but the picture is right there. That's a brown ring around the sink that was not there before uh, the explosion. And a worker who is working right next to where the train exploded saying that the water looks white and smells like wet dog. So uh, it will be interesting to see what the EPA tells residents tonight at this uh, at this um, town hall. Uh, before we uh, bring on our next guest, I want to play uh, a few clips from Aaron Brockovich, who was on yesterday, uh, and react. If we could play the first one, Colin. I'm sorry if I'm screaming. I'm no. so frustrated. I just dawned on me. I'm kind of screaming at you, and I don't mean to be. I'm honored. Really I'm honored to be screamed at by Aaron Brockovich for this community. Uh, <laughs> this has been uh, 30 years, and it's the same story, Jordan, over and over and over again. I don't the, know if they're expecting a different reaction or response, but it's complete and utter, a little too late, lack of transparency, failure on how to appropriately respond to a national disaster. Right. And I haven't been going 30 years, but I've, you know, in the last six years of covering Flint, it, it, it's eerily similar. I mean, you've been to Flint, you've, you've uh, been involved in justice for Flint. They literally were telling residents, don't believe your lying skin. Don't believe your lying brown water. Uh, don't believe your eyes. Right? Your, water's, your water's fine. You got right? rows, you got rows of dead fish. Uh, I, I interviewed somebody, his fox died. Other foxes, coyotes are sick. Uh, the blood tests on those animals showed elevated, elevated liver enzymes, uh, chloride, lung inflammation. So if that's happening to the animals, what's happening to the humans? And the yeah, other- Absolutely. And why is that not being reported at a national level? I mean, this is a great conversation for us to have. This always feels like a huge gaslight. I don't know any word to use. On these communities. Oh, that's right. What you're seeing, this takes me back to my days in Hinkley, California. Oh, Aaron, the two-headed frog in green water that you see isn't real. And then it makes us question ourselves, and it's like, Bleh. wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no, what I am seeing is real. 
And I'm going to validate and stand with every community that is the persons in the disaster that is experiencing it. Believe me, they're not lying. And for whatever reason, I don't know why these agencies don't want to hear from we the people as to what's happening to them, to us, in a situation like this on the ground. They're there. They're there. These agencies in D.C. and not everyone's stepping out there to find out for themselves. And so there's a moment here. You know, I wrote this in my book, Superman's Not Coming. These crises have gone on way too long. And you know what? Jordan, we're going to have another one. But we've got to stop thinking or being comfortable or complacent. And I say that because sometimes in my life, I too have become comfortable or complacent or thought that these entities, agencies, and leaders who were in place were in fact going to take care of us. But we're learning more often than not. It's a cover-up. It's not transparent. They're not forthwith. They don't have our back. So my hope is still in, as it was in the, the people of Flint and the people of East Palestine who are going to doggedly stick with this story, speak up, speak out, ask the necessary questions. And yes, I think they ask the best ones. Citizens. So that whole interview uh, is up there. So definitely check it out, share it so we can get it out to more people. I'm about to bring on uh, a guest that lives 15 miles away and was experiencing health symptoms. So. Uh, we're not really seeing in the media, as far as I can tell. Uh, obviously, the focus needs to be on East Palestine residents who are right in the blast radius. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of focus on the fact that there are people who have had symptoms, I mean, within 10 miles, 15 miles. I've talked to people who have been had symptoms uh, 30, 40 miles away. Uh, so, the, and by the way, Norfolk Southern is going to fight like hell. Uh, once this major class action lawsuit happens to narrow, narrow uh, the area of who is considered victims, uh, probably going to try to narrow it to, you know, a mile or so of the blast radius. So that's going to be a big battle of who is considered in the affected area. And that is where it is so critical that the testing is done right. And Aaron Brockovich has been has, has been tweeting out today. We need independent testing because. Contrary to the narrative that the EPA went to shit under Trump, the EPA was shit before Trump, too. It just got worse. Uh, and unfortunately, we have an EPA, in my view, a CDC and other agencies that exist to protect business uh, rather than public health first. That doesn't mean everybody who works in the EPA sucks and, and you know, is nefarious. I'm not saying that. However, I know from reporting in Flint, the EPA has knowingly accepted manipulated testing from state environmental outlets. Uh, I, I have EPA sources who have told me, yeah, I know they cheated on the testing, but there's nothing I could do. And, you know, they just kind of want to sweep this under the rug as far as Flint. So just because the EPA is giving the all clear on the air, uh, they say they tested nearly 500 homes and they're not detecting uh, any vinyl chloride or other chemicals in the air yet, uh, doesn't make it 100% uh, take that to the bank. And common sense, if you're not detecting anything in the air, then why are people's eyes burning? Why are people having sore throats? Why are people projectile vomiting? Which uh, a mother I interviewed uh, yesterday shared about her son. Why are people violently shaking? Uh, and others are having uh, more extreme symptoms. Uh, so let me invite on uh, Therese. Uh, you are from uh, Polio, Ohio, is it? 
Uh, Poland. Poland, excuse yes. me. Um, so you live about 15 miles away from yes. where this happened. Yes. So let's start with how did you hear about uh, that this train had derailed uh, and were people in your area 15 miles away getting communication on the fact that they were going to basically do like a controlled explosion or controlled release, as they call it? Um, our local news did run a story about it on Friday when it happened. Um, it, it, there really wasn't a lot of excitement about it. Um, it almost like not a lot of people really knew about it. It was just our two local news stations. Um, and then, gosh, I'm trying to think. By Monday when they rolled around, it, it did sound like they had a solid plan to get rid of the chemical without it endangering the public. Gotcha. So talk to me about um, when did you when did you first start noticing anything in terms of your own health? Uh, you know, anyone in your family? Uh, was it pretty quick after they did this control burn? Because it was on February 3rd that this happened. Uh, the controlled release began on February 6th, which was Monday. Um, it was towards the end of the day, probably, I think it was like between four and five o'clock is when they initially started doing it. Um, and then there, the explosion happened. So after, it was after dinner time, probably around six o'clock, 6.30, I was outside having my coffee, like I do every night after dinner. And I didn't notice a smell in the air and I didn't even expect to smell anything being 15 miles away. But I did notice that my coffee tasted unusually bitter. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I didn't, I, again, I didn't think anything of it. Um, a little bit later, it was back out on my porch and I, again, coffee still tasting bitter. And then I noticed my lips started feeling numb. Uh, the roof of my mouth started feeling numb. My tongue started burning and my throat started burning. Wow. At that point, I went in the house and I got my husband and I said, come out here and smell the air. I said, because I think it smells funny. I could smell some a burning smell, but it wasn't leaves or twigs or wood or anything like that. It had more of like a chemical odor to it. So he came out. He took a big breath in. He said, yeah, I smell something out there. He said it smelled like burning electronics. And are you uh, in Poland, 15 miles away on well water? Yes. Okay. So how much, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but did you drink like the whole coffee or was it a little bit of the coffee I before drank, you had that? I drank a cup the first time I was out. I drank another cup the second time I was out. I am a caffeine addict. Okay. Um, and then this proceeded two, maybe three more times throughout the night. I would go out, experience the symptoms, come back in, and they would dissipate. And I, again, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, because it wasn't sticking once I went back in the house. Like the symptoms would just dissipate. Um, the next morning when I woke up and I experienced the same type of symptoms, but it was a little bit less intense. And at that point I had like, my tongue just was fried by the time I woke up the next morning. It felt like I had been scalded. Like my tongue was scalded. Like if you drank like a hot liquid that was just too hot or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um, this, and was, that this, was, this was the next, this was the next morning. 
Yes. And how long did that last for? Um, th it was like the texture of my tongue was horrible. It was scaly. Um, it felt very rough, discolored, and very dry. And I still have a very dry mouth. Um, it yeah. seemed to improve by the end of the week um, to the point where it's not uncomfortable feeling at this point, but I still have a very odd taste in my mouth um, that I, I can't describe because I've never tasted this before in my life. Wow. And um, <laughs> did it caught, you said your tongue, but did it affect your throat or anything else? Yeah, my throat st is still irritated at this point. Wow. So with these symptoms, what do you do? I mean, have you went to the doctor or uh, asked the doctor if this could, I mean, it's obviously it didn't come out of nowhere, right. uh, but uh, what have you been doing for it? Um, I have an appointment with my doctor tomorrow. I'm going in to get everything checked out, get a blood test done, get my liver enzymes examined. I wasn't able to do that sooner because I had to go out of state Tuesday evening with my son, which he comes first. Yep. Um, and again, I thought it was, I thought everything was harmless. I was watching what the news was saying, what the EPA was saying. They said, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But I, I mean, I'm listening to my body and my body was telling me there, that there's something is absolutely not right. Right. What do you, what do you think? Because, uh, the governor yesterday, uh, was asked if he would go home if he lived in East Palestine and you're not in East Palestine, you're 15 miles away. And he right. kind of gave like a, well, you know, I drink bottled water, but I think so. And I don't know, I don't live there, but it wasn't exactly a, a comforting answer. Uh, exactly. it, se it seems like they basically have sent the people that live there home before all testing is done. And I haven't really seen much talked about or outreach done to the parts of Pennsylvania East that have been affected, or in your case, I don't know if you're West or, or South. Um, I'm directly, I'm up like North. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a communication or a plan for folks outside of East Palestine. Because I, I, I'm not an expert, but I don't know, it could be a chemical burn uh, that you experience. I don't know, but. Uh, That's what I believe. Um because I, as I talked to you in our communication prior to right now, I did experience the gastrointestinal bleeding, which I believe was because of the coffee that was like oddly bitter. I think whatever was in the air got into the coffee because oh, there's were, no other you, reason for me to have experienced something like that. You were also experiencing bleeding uh, gastro? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's obviously, uh, I assume you haven't been drinking as much coffee from the well since? Um, you know, it's it, it's been fine since I came back from okay. Florida. The air seems fine where we are. Um, I tested our water today. There's nothing's coming back weird with our water. Um, but we are drinking bottled water just as a precaution. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you it's tested the water. I, they're not paying attention to the outlying areas because I think they're so focused on where the chemicals spilled and where the explosion was. They're not paying attention to where that cloud of chemicals went because it not only did it get to where I live 15 miles away, 
but it also traveled into the northern area of the county above where I live. Right. And it's kind of a, you know, you're a citizen, you want to trust your government, but we're dealing with a corporation here. Right. Obviously, they are facing potentially hundreds of millions, if not into the billion uh, in terms of liability. And obviously, they're not, they're going to want to push this narrative that this is only affecting people in the immediate area. But right. you never, you never know. I mean, you might, uh, for you, it could be you consumed some of the water or breathed in the air and it was a short term thing, but not long term problems. But for somebody, for a neighbor of yours who's immunocompromised, it could really be a long term issue. Right. Yeah. Um, have you talked to anyone else uh, in the area that have had any symptoms? Um, there's kind of like an underground communication going on um, behind the scenes on Facebook. Um, my people like myself, as well as a lot of others, we've been the targets of nasty, like troll type people with fake accounts. Um, this happened to me the night of the explosion. I was commenting on our local news's Facebook just to see if anyone else was having symptoms. And I had two men come at me just saying horrible, horrible things, making it sound like I was crazy or something. And I said, you know, I'm not going to post anything publicly because I, I don't want that. And I am not the type of person that I'm going to make things up and try to include myself in a situation that didn't actually affect me. So I've been keeping in touch with a handful of people um, in Poland and also in Boardman, Ohio, which is five minutes uh, west of where I live. And we've been discussing things. They're having similar uh, symptoms as I did. And it was due to the exposure on Monday night when gotcha. the controlled release happened. Well, uh, I'm glad um, from the sounds of it, I'm glad at least it's dissipated a little bit. I hope yes. uh, there's no, I hope your blood work comes back normal and all those things. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've seen in these instances, uh, sometimes kind of residents and activists could kind of turn on each other. And I've certainly seen uh, the trolls you're you yeah. deal with. Uh, it's always something when people who don't live in the place affected are right. telling you, you know, you're crazy. It's fine. It's really arrogant and insulting. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm glad uh, we got in touch because I think a bigger part of this story is we're going to have to walk and chew gum and, you know, focus on the people there that have been affected, obviously, in East Palestine, but also realize that there might be a much wider radius of exactly. people that are affected. So uh, please keep in touch. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope you're well. And uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one drinking uh, five cups of coffee a day. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, so she uh, was in Poland, Ohio, uh, which is 15 miles away. So that's some serious shit. I mean, your tongue is basically burning and your throat hurts. Uh, and not to be graphic, but you're talking about blood in the stool, you know, pooping and blood. Um, that, I hope, is a temporary thing for her. But I wanted to have her on uh, because I have not seen as much uh, you know, it's a tough balancing act. You want to focus on the people in East Palestine, but um, you, you want to make sure people realize and kind of push against the narrative that it's only uh, people there. I mean, I'm hearing people as far as Pittsburgh, 
which is obviously west, uh, east, excuse me, of East Palestine. Uh, they're having symptoms. Uh, we're hearing east, uh, excuse me, west of East Palestine. Uh, she's north. Um, so it's just terrible. We're trying to cover as many angles as we can. Uh, definitely, if you're new here, subscribe. Um, and yeah, we posted the full interview with Aaron Brockovich. Uh, we posted the full interview with the mother uh, whose son, unfortunately, had a really bad reaction uh, after the train fire. Uh, projectile vomiting, um, violent shaking. Uh, we've interviewed a fox keeper. One of his foxes died. Uh, others are sick. Uh, so there's a whole lot going on. Uh, so smash that like button. Uh, we're going to bring on Louis uh, DeAngelis in a few minutes. But I first wanted to, uh, and if you're coming to this late, I want to show you uh, an image we got. If we could put that image back up, Colin. Um, uh, this is what we got from a workplace right next to the train explosion. So this is a, I, won't, I don't want to say where because I got to protect my source. But this is a worker who works pretty much right next to where the train explosion happened. Uh, this worker, shocking, in the United Corporations of America was forced to go back to work the next day after this train explosion, felt sick at work. That ring was not there before um, before this train explosion. And it was described to me uh, that the water looks white. Water is supposed to be clear. Uh, even clear water, by the way, could have problems. I mean, you could have lead. Lead doesn't show up in water. Uh, so your water could be clear and still have lead, but good water is supposed to be clear. Uh, white water, there's some shit in that water if, if it's white. And he said it smells like a wet dog. So I am very much looking forward to the EPA's uh, results because those 3,500 fish are not dying from uh, ingesting Kool-Aid. Uh, and yeah, this is horrible. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat something about the town hall being canceled. I haven't heard that yet. So um, actually, I'm talking to someone. Oh, I'm hearing Norfolk Southern pulled out of the town hall. Shocking. Uh, hold on. We're doing it live, folks. Uh, okay. Yeah. Viewers were telling me it was canceled. I guess it was actually Norfolk Southern. Uh, bailing out. So it wasn't canceled, but the company responsible for this has has bailed out. So what does that tell you? Uh, corporations going to protect their own ass. And by the way, by the way, uh, Norfolk Southern is one, it's just one rail. Uh, Warren Buffett owns most of the railways in this country. They all lobbied and spent God knows how much money uh, to fight a regulation that would make them have to spend a little money to update their rail system, to update, uh, excuse me, update their brakes uh, on the train because the brakes on this rail that derailed and most others are from the Civil War era. Yes, the Civil War era. Uh, so let's play another interview because I want to get uh, a little bit more information on vinyl chloride as well as uh, workplace, uh, the workplace element of this. Uh, so I spoke with, uh, a former higher up at OSHA, who uh, is not a toxicologist, but knows a little bit about vinyl chloride. Let's play a little bit of this. Hey, it's Jordan. Delighted to be joined by Debbie Berkowitz. Uh, you were the uh, chief of staff with OSHA 
and a senior policy advisor uh, back under the Obama administration. Uh, so you know a lot about uh, what's supposed to happen with workplace safety. And obviously, uh, there's a lot more attention over the last few days to what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, in the aftermath of this train explosion and uh, the controlled uh, release, as they're calling it. Um, so first, I wanted to ask you, um, when you were with OSHA, um, were there were there times when we had these kinds of de derailments with similar chemicals like vinyl chloride um, released into the air, or, or is this fairly unusual? So I don't actually remember um, whether there were train explosions like this. There, but there are a couple of things I do know that OSHA has very strong regulations uh, to protect workers from vinyl chloride exposure. Um, most of that exposure has to do with inhalation exposure and not from drinking water, which I know is also a concern. Um, but these chemicals that were released into the air are really toxic. And um, to protect workers, we have at OSHA, we have very, very low levels of exposure that workers are allowed to be exposed to to vinyl chloride because OSHA regulates it um, because it has the potential to cause cancer. And um, in fact, part of the OSHA regulations require companies to post, to post a sign in work areas where workers would be exposed to vinyl chloride that says, this, may this chemical may cause cancer. So you need to wear your respirator, you need to be protected. I mean, OSHA regulates vinyl chloride. Yeah, chemicals in the air in the workplace are measured in parts per million. So vinyl chloride, workers can only be exposed to one part per million. That's one, if there's a million parts of air, only one part of it could be vinyl chloride over an eight hour workday. And requirements trigger in at 0.5 parts per million. But if workers were gonna, instead of try to figure out whether they were exposed or not by whether they can smell vinyl chloride, they would already be in trouble because I don't think vinyl chloride, you can smell it till it's 3000 parts per million. Wow. So the fact that people can smell chemicals in their houses is a little worrisome. And, um, you know, uh, it's really important that there be monitoring wherever people are in confined spaces so that they make sure that uh, these chemicals have dissipated. And um, I think, you know, government figures have to be honest with people. I mean, in short term, it can cause, uh, vinyl chloride can cause sort of respiratory distress that if you get somebody out of the area very quickly, it should dissipate. But long-term it, it causes uh, all sorts of health hazards. Um, and um, it, it attacks the central nervous system. You know, if you have building up toxicity, so if you've been exposed to a while, uh, uh, you know, for a while, and um, it, it, the, the real thing is that, um, in addition to looking, you know, affecting the central nervous system, um, that um, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the International Agency for Research on Cancer have classified vinyl chloride as a known human carcinogen. So for OSHA, um, when uh, the standard that's required for employers is not only are there signs plastered all over the workplace to warn workers about the dangers of vinyl chloride, 
but also companies have to do medical monitoring to make sure that the small amounts that workers are exposed to are not causing um, long-term health effects. And, you know, that's how dangerous it is. Mm -hmm. And can I ask you, obviously you're not a toxicologist, but I, this from uh, the EPA update uh, sparked my interest. This was yesterday they updated. I'll read it to you. They say after uh, the fire was extinguished on February 8th, the threat of vinyl chloride fire producing phosgene and hydrogen chloride no longer exists. So in English, it seems like they're saying after the fire is out, the threat of vinyl chloride uh, producing, you know, additional gases no longer exists. Uh, that sounds funky to me. Uh, I find that hard to believe, particularly since we're seeing reports of uh, people having uh, eyes burning, uh, sore throat, coughing, uh, not just in the immediate zone, but as far as 20, 25 miles away. Uh, is the EPA statement there? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that vinyl chloride itself uh, exposure can cause these kinds of, um, of uh, health effects. So vinyl chloride gas inhalation can cause mild respiratory tract in irritation, wheezing, and chemical bronchitis. Um, that um, And also central nervous system, like headaches kind of, of damage. So, I, you know, I can't tell you whether there's self-phosgene uh, which is also a toxic substance <laughs> being released, but vinyl chloride itself um, is very dangerous. And it's, you know, OSHA doesn't regulate a whole lot of chemicals um, just because it's a very small agency. But this was one of the first ones that OSHA back when it was created in the seventies really took a look at updating its protections because of how dangerous it was. And, um, you know, I think, you know, long-term damage can cause permanent liver injury and, and cancer. And, you know, these things don't show up till later. So, um, and vinyl chloride can irritate the eyes, the mucous membranes, the respiratory tract. Uh, so, you know, I think it's really important um, that there be a lot of monitoring going on and that, um, you know, this is dangerous. And I really feel for the people in this community and the surrounding community, um, they need to be uh, protected and the companies need to be stepping forward as well as, you know, the state government and the federal government. And just from a common sense perspective, does it make sense that you would tell residents to go back home while testing is going on? I mean, isn't that kind of like, wouldn't you want to evacuate the immediate zone uh, until not just one round of testing, but, you know, potentially weeks of testing is done. The governor yesterday kind of was like, well, you know, if it were me, I'd go home, but maybe do bottled water. It just seems like they're sending people back without testing being done. These chemicals are really dangerous. And I would think, you know, you want to be most protective than saying, oh, I think it's going to be okay. I think you need to do a lot more monitoring so the community can feel safe. You know, that's how I'd approach it if this was a workplace hazard. I wouldn't send workers back in. Oh, we think we cleared everything. And today at eight o'clock, there wasn't a whole lot of vinyl chloride. But let's wait and see what happens at five o'clock or the next day before you start sending everybody back. Right. And uh, as far as the workplace regulations, uh, obviously, uh, President Obama actually pushed a regulation for trains. 
that would make them uh, update their brake system because, you know, we're talking Civil War era equipment here that was repealed under President Trump. Uh, and in this case, we believe uh, that's part of what happened here, uh, where the brake system was inadequate. Um, as far as you know, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other trains carrying these chemicals in addition to other toxic chemicals that are not up to date and p possibly could have further derailments. Yeah, I think it was so short-sighted of the Trump administration you know, to repeal these uh, these regulations, which in the end may cost the rails company some money now, but look at the money they're spending, uh, you know, later or actually now for the disasters they've caused. And it's gonna be a long time before this is all cleaned up. Um, you know, we used to have a saying when I was at OSHA that OSHA regulations don't kill jobs, they prevent, uh, you know, jobs from killing workers. And it's the same with these kind of environmental regulations is they don't kill jobs. They just prevent the environment from killing you so you can work. And I think it's very short-sighted. And I think um, uh, this is the result of when you, you cut back. And, you know, I think often companies, you know, the first thing they cut is things about safety. And that's why you need government regulations. And uh, lastly, uh, for the residents there who have been complaining about lack of transparency, um, you know, they're not getting kind of straight answers. Uh, they, you know, the governor's giving one answer, the EPA a different answer. Uh, what would be your recommendations for residents? Uh, should they seek, you know, independent water testing if they could afford it? Um, you know, what should they do? Because we know in Flint, there were issues with, uh, you know, some cherry picking of data, some manipulation of data. Uh, I don't want to, you know, accuse the EPA of doing that, but uh, there's been not only in Flint, but elsewhere, uh, some creative uh, data gathering uh, when it comes to water, air. Well, you know, I trust this administration to do the right thing in terms of federal EPA. But I also agree with the interview I heard with Aaron Brockovich that people need answers and there should be a lot more monitoring. Um, and uh, people need to see that monitoring and understand the monitoring. And I know, you know, if you haven't been in the field of toxicology and chemicals, it's all sort of, you know, hard to wrap your brain around, but these are really dangerous chemicals. Like super dangerous chemicals um, that when I that if they were in the workplace, it would raise a million red flags as all of a sudden there was a leak. So um, so I, I think people need a lot more information and the government should spend money doing the testing. And I thought I heard the governor of Ohio this morning say if people don't want to return that they'll the company will pay for them to stay, you know, elsewhere still in a motel. And if that's true, they should, you know, people may want to do that. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Debbie Berkowitz. Uh, you were chief of staff uh, with OSHA and a senior uh, policy advisor. You're now a fellow at the uh, Kalmanovitz Initiative uh, for Labor and the Working Poor uh, over at Georgetown University. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me. So that was uh, former o OSHA chief of staff, uh, Agree with her on a lot of things, but I will say for myself, I do not trust this administration. Uh, I also do not trust the EPA. And uh, that's not to sound like a complete conspiracy theorist because 
uh, there's plenty of good people uh, at the EPA. I have in reporting uh, for Flint. I uh, won't get into sources, but I, I I do know good people at the EPA who try to do the good thing. Unfortunately, they're not the ones making decisions. And the EPA is known to, and you saw it from the EPA chief, who's done interviews, um, who's done interviews today on uh, CNN and other networks. They like to kind of use state agencies as cover and be behind the scenes as secondary and say, well, you know, the state EPA in Ohio or Michigan is taking the lead. And uh, if you know your history, a lot of these state environmental departments like to cherry pick testing, manipulate testing, cheat on testing, um, toss out certain high tests that would screw their averages because, you know, you have to get below a certain level for whatever it is, whether it's lead or other contaminants. And if you have X amount of high tests, agencies have been caught tossing out tests. You would hope in the case of a chemical mushroom cloud over uh, the heartland of America, they wouldn't do that. And they would be honest if the air is polluted, if the water is polluted and relocate people. But it's all about the money. And we do live in the United Corporations of America. Joining me now is uh, Louis DeAngelis uh, from uh, Texas, uh, freelance journalist who's done God's work for us. And uh, this is also now not your first rodeo because you've been down at Jackson. You you covered for us the Jackson water crisis, which is still ongoing uh, in Mississippi. So you're familiar with, um, shall we say, uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, credulous credibility of water testing and government agencies. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I've still been uh, keeping in touch with a couple of folks in Jackson and I uh, did a video a couple of weeks back. I mean, they're different pockets. Sure, the whole city is not under a boil water notice right now, but every other day and week in a lot of these cases, uh, different pockets of the city will be under a boil water notice for uh, a couple of days. And then they'll be like, okay, your water's fine now, but now this part is wrong. So Obviously, when that's happening, regardless of where you live in the city, you're going to be questioning whether or not to drink it. And basically, everybody that I've stayed in touch with from there uh, is still on the bottled water grind at this point, unfortunately, because uh, they've got no reason to believe their the you know water authority, their local government, the state government. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, I, I don't have as much experience as uh, as you over here in all of this, but I'm I'm learning uh, learning from one of the best here. So yeah, I thank you. I thank you, Colin. <laughs> I uh, actually, before we get to the Houston derailment, because mm -hmm. Lewis has information about another uh, issue uh, with chemical uh, ex exposure, do we have Erin uh, Brockovich? I don't know which clip it is, so maybe we'll just have to play a few. She mentioned why she thought the uh, EPA testing might be dubious. I don't know. I think that was one of those that I posted on Twitter, uh, if you have that one, Colin. This is definitely not your first rodeo, not my first rodeo. Uh, EPA testing is all often, if you want to give it the benefit of the doubt, flawed or not totally thorough. Um, do, do you trust? I mean, maybe they're not detecting it now, but what do you think of their no, claims that trust. they're not detecting it? I don't trust. Uh, it, in all fairness, it is going to take some time to do all of this testing. Now, some of the reports I've read that the EPA initiated, yes, initiated yesterday, they're almost talking out of two sides of their mouth because they state it's a known toxic substance, vinyl chloride, and it's known and continues to be known that it's leaking into the water 
into the air and into the soil. Okay, so we, we have that side of their story. But then over here, they go, well, we tested the homes. I've read where they didn't find any detection limit within the limits that they're supposed to be looking for. Well, that says to me, that doesn't mean you didn't find it. Right. And, but that's safe to go back. Which is it? So it's really frustrating that the agencies can't get it together, have a consistent story, because you're creating your lack of response and the way you are responding. Giveth, take it the way. Well, it's here, but it's not dangerous. Well, it is a hazardous chemical, but you can go home. Creates more confusion, certainly creates the conspiracy conversation to go on or the conversation that you shouldn't be trusted or you're not doing your job. God forbid anybody speak up and say, where the hell are you? Where is consistent information? Are you down on the ground with these people? Why are you, you, their leader is not communicating with them. Why Jordan do I hear from them and you hear from them? Because somebody's not answering their questions. And this community, as all communities, deserve more respect than that from their local, state, and federal leaders and stepping up to the plate. And by God, if you don't know what's happening, you're... Is she not a fucking badass? Holy yeah. cow. I know. I was, I was watching that yesterday and I was just, ugh, man. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's funny, uh, my my dad, who's a Trumper, but that's neither here or there. Mine is too, so. <laughs> he, he called me and he's like, you know, that Erin Brockovich, I think she should be your co-host. Uh, I think that would take your business to the next level. I said, yeah, I'll call Erin Brockovich. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, she wants to be my co-host. <laughs> anyway, but I think a point she made is important. So it's like, I don't know, you know, just think of health. Like, well, the doctor tells you, your blood levels, like your vitamin D is within the range, but the, the, the healthy range, but it could be on the low end of that range. So she's making the point that even if they're saying uh, the vinyl chloride levels are within the range, that doesn't mean they're not detecting right. vinyl any, chloride. Any of them. And then, I mean, uh, to, to her point that she made there and then uh, the interview of the woman you just had on before me, um, not the EPA uh, person, but the resident who lived uh, 15 miles or so away, uh, the kind of response in general from the government, I mean, that woman heard about it from the like local TV station. Uh, the fact that like, I mean, with something like this, you gotta be going like door to door to make sure like you can't just assume everyone's gonna be watching their local news station to find out that something 15 miles away from their house could you know, cause half their town to have cancer in a few years. That seems like something that'd be more urgent that you need to go knock on the door. The messaging's been all over the place with this instance. And I mean, we've seen it with a, a bunch of crises at, this, crises at this point, whether I'm sure it was the case in Flint, even when you look at like things like COVID and, and things like that, the messaging and like the having one clear, this is what's actually happening. This is what folks need to do seems to never happen with any of these issues. Right. And also, I mean, there's also CYA going on, which is cover your ass. Right. Because uh, while the EPA, while Governor Mike DeWine, I'm sure people in Biden's administration are having press conferences and acting like, you know, we just, you know, we're going to hold the company accountable and we're going right. to do this and we're going to do that. Uh, they are also trying to figure out uh, who knew what when. Uh, 
you know, why wasn't this regulation reinstated that mm -hmm. might have prevented this uh, in terms of the breaks mm -hmm. uh, and what happened right after? Because it seems like the, the decision to even do a controlled release probably was not the right decision. Right. Uh, and if you were going to do that, you should have evacuated way more than a mile. De but definitely. I <laughs> yeah, I digress. And yeah. just to, uh, just to update people who are in the chat, uh, the, the town hall tonight, which is at seven o'clock in East Palestine, is not canceled. However, uh, the courageous uh, souls at Norfolk Southern are not or have bailed. Uh, so obviously they knew they were going to be human pinatas uh, at this town hall. Right. So, so the, the, the people who uh, the all of the government officials are essentially relying on Norfolk Southern for the water testing quality reports and the air testing stuff. They're not going to be there to answer about it. Right. And you know what? <laughs> One more time, Lewis. I, I lied. Can we play, Colin, and smash that like button? we got 300 people watching. Uh, let's get more people. So press the like button. And Super Chats are welcome. I'll read them at the end. Let me give a shout out also because uh, we got a couple new members. Uh, Status Coup is primarily an on-the-ground reporting outlet. Uh, we're going to probably send Lewis, uh, who's on with me right now, to East Palestine. So we definitely need your support. Uh, welcome William and Natasha signed up as new status coup members. Uh, so sign up status slash join. You could become a member and support our independent independent on the ground, uh, reporting for as low as five to $10 a month. Normally I would be out in one of these situations, but I have a three month old and I want to stay married. So I'm not going, uh, to East Palestine, but, uh, Lewis is a little younger than I and can go. Uh, but we actually were going to send you over the weekend. And then I texted you at two in the morning, I think, to tell <laughs> yeah. you I thought about it. And I don't want to put you in harm's way because I'm a good guy like that. Uh, so we wanted to wait a little bit because honestly, I don't think it's safe for the residents to be there, much yeah. less journalists right now. Uh, but we're probably going to send you uh, soon because honestly, the real cover up happens when all the cameras leave. That's when the cover up happens. And usually the media leaves after about four or five days. Um, so anyway, let's play, um, governor Mike DeWine was on CNN this morning who basically had a pillow party with him. Didn't challenge him at all. Uh, but let's see what the governor of Ohio had to say. First off, we're sorry that you're having to deal with this. You, the residents are having to deal with this. My question straight off to you is, can you say with absolute certainty that the residents of East Palestine are safe? Well, what we're trying to do is provide them every day with the, the information. And we, we started testing, uh, you know, the air. Uh, the air has remained good. We will continue to test uh, every single day. Uh, even when the controlled release was done, um, you know, we, we told people in a certain area they needed to, to leave. Um, and outside that area, you, you know, we never saw a, really a significant change in the air at all. But we're going to continue to do that. As far as the water, uh, you know, the fish that were killed were killed, you know, very soon after uh, the initial train crash occurred. Uh, we continue to monitor the water in, in different streams as it, as it goes out. And it, we did get a test back uh, late yesterday of the water in the village. Uh, and the first well that we tested uh, was the water was fine. Uh, we expect to get the next results back today. We'll make those available as well. Out of uh, abundance of caution, we told people and have told people, you know, yes, use use uh, a bottle of water. Uh, you know, don't take a chance. Wait it until sounds we like get you're the, saying you're not sure the that test, they're safe. The governor. test pack. 
look, I, what I said yesterday, I would be back there if I, if I was living in the community. Look, we're doing testing on, in the in the with the air. The air has been safe. It continues to be safe. Uh, you know the the. Okay. Well, wait, hold on. Let me interrupt. Actually, I don't think I need to go anymore, Jordan. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like the water is good and the air is fine. Yeah, the air has remained good. Well, tell that to all the residents whose eyes are burning, whose throat is burning, whose tongue is scalding. That was a woman 15 miles away uh, who is pooping out blood, unfortunately, um, and is dizzy, uh, projectile vomiting. No, it's Viol good. It's good. That's violently normal. shaking. This kind of reminds me, if you're in Michigan in the chat, let me know if you remember this, but uh, Rick Snyder said he was going to do a 30-day... Uh, 30 day drinking Flint water and like he put up Flint water and said he, which was definitely not Flint water. Um, but this kind of reminds me of that. Uh, I don't know how you say that if you are not there, if you're not drinking the water and I don't know, like what is your standard for the air is good. Yeah. Marcy, you're in Flint. So you know what I'm talking about? Uh, this is all for show. These are wealthy white men, Snyder who should be in jail by the way, but that's a different story. Um, they don't live there and uh, seem, you know, go there for photo ops or a press conference and then leave. But I find it insane to say the air is good, as Aaron Brockovich said. Um, yeah, well, your testing might not be showing hazardous levels, but that doesn't mean you didn't detect levels of vinyl chloride. Uh, secondly, wh what makes, you know, what's hazardous What's not hazardous to you might destroy me if you're immunocompromised. Uh, and, and thirdly, uh, he's, you know, to, to our, to our uh, aquatic friends, very casually talking about the dead fish, like, hey, it was just 3,500. Well, what did the fish die of? You're saying the water testing hasn't come back. They didn't die of uh, Kool-Aid. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't care if you're a Republican, but if you live in Ohio, I would not be feeling confident after hearing from the governor. Agreed. And I mean, hopefully uh, people are hearing that. But uh, in, you know, in listening again to, to the woman you had on earlier today and uh, the interview that that I did that which will probably come out at some point here. Uh, the, the, he also said like a lot of people in that kind of range of 15, 20 miles away who were definitely affected by the controlled release <laughs> uh, explosion um, are definitely going to be affected. And the person I talked to said that a lot of folks had no idea that this was happening still. If you don't have, uh, like, you know, a lot of people don't have regular, like, cable anymore. So if you're doing, like, YouTube TV or Hulu or one of these other streaming services for, for live TV, you don't get local news. And we know how long it took for national news to start covering it. If no one was knocking on your door and you're not like a news junkie or like scrolling through Twitter or TikTok or something, you had no idea that this happened. Um, right. Yeah. That's... So, uh, and we're going to air, uh, we're going to post, Lewis did an interview with a resident. We're going to post that tomorrow. Um, before we get to Houston, before <laughs> we came live, Colin, do you have that video from, uh, I think it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Oh, this I is this uh, well. a fire broke out at a chemical tank that leads to temporary evacuations. Do you have that, Colin? Yeah, so that's Tulsa. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's coming out of there, but that's a chemical plant. So uh, I'm sure uh, that's all dandy. Uh, yeah. The Tulsa Port Authority says an oil chemical tanker 
at the port of Catusa has caught fire, causing evacuations on site and the nearby businesses. Residents are asked to shelter in place until the situation is under control. Officials say chemical fire seems to be contained to the port only. Uh, yeah, it's always contained uh, very quickly. Uh, and then, you know, the people that have cancer and uh, all that are, you know, whatever. Uh, this was after uh, yesterday, there was something in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, was a it a tractor trailer uh, crash on the highway? Um, I've got it written down here. It was, uh, it leaked out a bunch of nitric acid. Um, oh, which, uh, you know, causes issues, uh, you know, it, with your eyes, your skin, mucous membranes, lungs, it can lead to like some real severe damage. Um, they had to evacuate. I think this is just from one truck. So this also gives like some perspective of, you know, how much you can fit on a truck versus how much is on this train in East Palestine. But this one truck, I believe they had a half a mile radius that they immediately evacuated as many people as they could basically from one truck spilling, multiply that by however many train cars there were in East Palestine, not, not to, to discount the issue going on in Arizona there, but um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a big deal. And now let's get to uh, Houston, which is oil town USA. Yeah. Some of the most corrupt fucking aristocrat, plutocrat scumbags, no offense uh, in the world, <laughs> not the residents, just the yeah, oil yeah, yeah. Men, um, the bushes, et cetera. Uh, but Houston, there was a derailment. Um, I, I, you sent Colin some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a clip. Colin, if you want to just pull up the clip, there's no audio to it, so I can kind of explain a little bit what's going on while the clip is. Oh, oh maybe there is some. Uh, are, we, are we able to just mute that audio or no? I have no idea. Oh. All righty. So, uh, yeah, you can see here. It was This actually happened 730 in the morning on Monday. Um, a train in the, just outside of Houston actually hit a tractor trailer. Um, it caused that to derail, uh, 16 cars came off. Um, the initial reports, which conveniently came from the railroad company is CSX in this case, uh, said nothing was leaking off of the train cars or anything at this point. Um, there was a diesel spill that happened, but reportedly that's from the tractor trailer that was hit. Um, I did see some reports. No one is like kind of continuous like you know piecing all of this together necessarily that there were some chemicals actually on board the train but it sounded more like it was potentially like household chemicals my guess is just by like putting two and two together looking at this you can obviously see it's mostly uh like shipping containers and whatnot that were involved here it literally could have been like household cleaners or something being transported in one of these but fortunately in this case again kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because apparently the united states government or local agencies or anything don't want to dive into what is actually inside of the train so we have to rely on what csx is telling us um but uh yeah this is uh kind of a, another big issue that happened here i'm sorry can you guys still hear me it looks like yeah okay yeah. perfect um yeah so um the leak of the diesel though was uh somewhere in the range of one to two hundred gallons of diesel that spilled um ordinarily like so I, I looked into this quite a bit because this one is very preventable and like uh basically the there was no crossing arm at this uh at this railroad crossing here so uh ordinarily you would see uh you know the normal thing with the flashing lights crossing arm come down when a train comes there was nothing here um and the intersection that it happened on was uh kind of a funky one where you're kind of coming out of this industrial area um one of the reports that i found and i looked in like a facebook group and saw some more about this um that the the tractor trailer pulling out was actually carrying a modular home. Um, so this is like a 
pretty big uh, kind of oversized load um, that was hit here, which probably led more to the, the collision because ordinarily when a train hits a car or something, uh, you know, uh, derailments don't necessarily happen. But when they hit bigger things, a tractor trailer, um, the chances of it happening go up. Um, but in any case, having some sort of crossing arm here would have prevented this. I did some looking into crossing arms because obviously there's a chance that, you know, fortunately in this case, again, it doesn't look like there was, you know, as many chemicals on board in a situation like we're seeing in East Palestine. But there are, let me see if I can find my number here. There are 210,000 at grade railroad crossings in the United States um, on a mix of private and public land. 129,000 of them are on public roads and only a third of them have railroad crossing gates. So only a third of the 100 and almost 130,000 railroad crossings in the United States uh, have a crossing gate. There's no special regulation on if hazardous trains are going through this area that they need to have a gate or anything like that. And also what was really interesting to me was that uh, despite the fact that in most cases, the railroads own the railroad lines, they obviously own the trains that are moving the goods across, um, the person who actually pays for the railroad crossing gates is state and local governments most of the time, not the railroads, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when it's like the, the stretches of railroad that are going across the road are usually just like a right of way for the railroad to go through. Um, so it seems like, you know, obviously this is not what caused the, the derailment issue in Ohio, but to kind of tie this back into that, um, this is clearly a way that trains can be derailed and have this issue that happened in Ohio potentially happen in your small town near you. Um, and you know, the railroad company isn't paying for the road, the, the crossing equipment to go in your local government, state government, federal government doesn't have any regulations that say that there has to be a crossing guard. In this case, there was just a yield sign. Um, and this guy's driving a, a big truck pulling out. Uh, the intersection looked a little funny, especially if you were in a big truck, like it would be kind of a complicated one to kind of navigate in and out of. So his first thought or her first, it was a man driving the truck, actually. Um, and he unfortunately passed away. Um, you know, your first thought isn't a train's going to come barreling through and, and hit me as I pull out of here. Um, but unfortunately, that's exactly what happened here. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, we have all of these, like, like I said, 129,000 crossings on public roads, only a third have crossing gates. Um, this seems like one small step in addition to requiring updating braking systems. Like you said, the braking systems haven't changed since the Civil War era, um, which is absolutely insane. It's not that the new technology doesn't exist. It's that the government doesn't have the backbone to force the, the rail industry to actually update their trains to this. Um, you know, uh, Mayor, Mayor Pete, uh, rather than focusing on uh, trying to actually get out here and do something good in his role as the Department of Transportation mm -hmm. Secretary, he's out at ribbon cutting ceremonies. He was at a meeting this week. Um, I have it written down. Where is it? He was, it was at like a, a, a group of like county executives, essentially, from across the country. And he was speaking to them this week about uh, having equity in the uh, construction companies that are working on infrastructure in your town, um, which is an important thing and I, I think should be there, but there was zero mention of the Ohio train derailment, of any of the other derailments that happened. Uh, the highways fall under transportation. The truck accident in Arizona wasn't mentioned at all. Um, he's because still all the, all the people who get cancer will really be happy with, uh, you know, 
ramping up the diversity in transportation. Yeah, you, you got cancer, but at least the railroad was fixed by a diverse group of people. Yes, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, you're in uh, Austin, but we're talking yeah. about Houston, uh, yeah. Texas. I learned this uh, when I covered the uh, Trans-Pecos pipeline many moons ago down there. Uh, kind of the railroads run the government. Uh, yeah. The oil companies and the railroad industry <laughs> kind of right. run the show in Texas. There's not... Uh, regulations is more a theoretical exercise in texas it's a weird Uh, thing they're very tied together too. the railroad commissioner like also uh regulates the oil industry in the state like it's literally like one elected body does both um which is is bizarre i hadn't heard of that until when i moved here uh almost two years ago now uh kind of looking into voting here it's like the railroad commissioner it seems like an odd state level thing to be voting for but yeah they have a lot of control over over the um oil industry in the state as well which is uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, another point here that I want to make is that like, you know, right now to tie it into to like more broadly, this isn't my expertise, but folks like you and Tina are kind of covering a lot of this stuff. Like right now what I'm seeing is like the federal government and even state governments are hyper, hyper focused on policing ordinary people like you and me and everybody else. But when it comes to policing these massive corporations and the railroads and all these other things, it's just like, Oh, I'll, you, you guys, we need to focus on you and police everyday people. But these corporations, they can handle themselves. They'll be good. They're they're fine. They don't need any. They don't need anyone regulating or policing them at all. Well, why is that, Lewis? Why would you? Why Why do you think that is? Because we live in the United Corporations of America. The flag behind me. God damn it! I wish it was our flag because we would be a lot more wealthy as a company because uh, we could sell a lot of them. But it is not our flag. Uh, another company patented it. But maybe we'll do a knockoff one day. But yeah, no, we live in the United Corporations of America. We don't actually have a government. We have a multi-trillion dollar corporate conglomerate masquerading as a government. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren Buffett, who, you know, corporate media like to basically give rhetorical blowjobs to every day. Excuse my French. Um, um, owns most of the rail industry. And he uh, has fought every step of the way uh, against tighter regulation, against spending money on um you know, further uh, investment, updating equipment. Let's not forget um, Biden and Republicans uh, blocked workers from going on strike. Mm-hmm. And part of why railroad workers wanted to go to go on strike at the end of last year, in addition to the paid sick leave days, which, by the way, Bernie right now is uh, in, in the Senate. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere, but trying to after the fact uh demand right. would have been, t- been good to do that before but right right uh, a day a day late uh, <laughs> yeah but um not only were they wanting to go on strike uh because of uh the lack of paid sick time but the whole workforce had been hallowed out over the last 10 years uh, i think like 30 percent between forced retirements and laying off workers and workers were saying i interviewed workers who were literally working 30-hour shifts uh with not enough crew on trains carrying vinyl chloride mm-hmm. yeah, uh, with breaks from the Civil War. Right. And part of what they were uh, fighting uh, was the faulty equipment, old trains, uh, insufficient staff, and, you know, Labor Joe, union man Joe Biden over there, uh, who the media has propagandized that this is a friend of the worker. Uh, he blocked them from going on strike. A, before the midterm elections for political reasons, and then before the holidays so that we could, you know, keep propping up this fantasy that the economy is doing dandy. 
so not to say if they would have been able to go on strike, that would have stopped this. Um, but at least we probably would have heard more about the unsafe conditions. Or we'd at least be on the way to putting in some new regulations or there'd be a debate ahead of this tragedy. There would have been a debate at least about like, hey, you know, maybe using this technology that was developed in the 1800s should be updated. Right. Well, we might have heard in a response. Uh, But I have to say we're capitalist. And that's just the way it is. Uh, But I have to say we're capitalist. And that's just the way it is. Come on, man. Uh, Come on, man. Come on, man. Yep. Enough is enough. Just had to get that rotation in. Um, So, yeah, uh, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Not that I'm, I'm certainly not Aaron Brockovich, but I, it ain't my first rodeo. Here's what's going to happen. Kudos to the media who's starting to cover this. Maybe they were looking at my Twitter. Three days ago, I said, this is the biggest media blackout I've seen. And I've most of the stories I cover are all media blackouts. I hadn't seen one thing mentioned on any of the Sunday shows Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Uh, they were talking about the spy balloons. Uh, I didn't see anything Monday on CNN or MSNBC. I saw a couple written articles. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they got the memo like, oh, shit, we're, we're, we're getting right. criticized here. So finally, CNN started covering it, MSNBC. Uh, my guess, what are we, what is today? Wednesday. Yeah. Um, my guess is they'll stay there for a couple more days. Then they're going to leave. Right. Uh, we'll get some bullshit testing, uh, on the air is fine. And the soil is fine. And maybe the water is contaminated a little bit. Uh, and we're going to continue doing testing. And then magically the testing is going to show the water levels are improving over the next six months to a year. Uh, And we're basically going to have, sorry to say, if you're watching from East Palestine or the surrounding areas, a court battle for the next 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And as Aaron Brockovich said, uh, the residents are basically going to have to do the job of the government uh, and the corporations and become citizen experts and activists. Uh, I know Flint residents who used to be band managers who have become experts on lead and Legionella and you know volatile organic compounds, and that's unfortunately uh, what you're going to have to do there because yeah. the the uh, we just saw they didn't do this with COVID. I mean, they basically got together the media and the government to say uh, pandemic over. Mm-hmm. It's acceptable to have uh, three thousand people die a week. It's acceptable to have millions of people out of work, disabled from long COVID, uh, and we just got to go back to work. No mitigation, uh, no nothing. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the same thing here. And I think the critical part here uh, that Norfolk Southern, part of why they bailed out because they didn't want to answer this question tonight, and probably the EPA and the state of Ohio uh, EPA, critical question here is who is categorized as a victim? Uh, And that is going to be a very narrow question in terms Mm. of miles next to this explosion because the company is going to try and narrow it down to like, you know, a couple hundred yards, a couple hundred yards. Uh, And the state EPA, uh, they don't have the funds, the will or the desire to be testing, you know, 100, 150 miles west or east. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, a class action lawsuit with 5000 people, that's how many people live in East Palestine, is a little bit less of a burden financially than a class action lawyer uh, lawsuit with potentially hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, this will not be a news story anymore. Maybe locally it will be, but mm-hmm. in my experience, I don't know about you, uh, when you were in Mississippi covering the water crisis, generally the local news, unless it's independent, 
uh, outlets. They just regurgitate whatever the state agencies say yeah. or the corporations. That happens. I mean, it, it definitely was happening in Jackson. I see it happen all the time whenever, I mean, uh, here in Austin, when I, I, I'll look and see what the local news is talking about. And they literally take like, here's the police report and here's the news story. And you could almost freaking copy paste from the police report into the thing. And they didn't talk to a single person who saw what happened or, or, or lived through what happened. It's just copy paste. And obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Right. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, in, in Jackson, certainly, certainly you're right. I'm sure you've seen it all over, all over in other places. I definitely want to credit a lot of the folks in the area around East Palestine, though, because I feel like in addition to folks like us and other, you know, a couple independent outlets trying to get this out there, um, the like kind of like citizen journalism, if you will, popping up. I mean, when I was going through TikTok, um, I was seeing like, you know, moms who were out like posting like the, here's the pictures of the fish that are all dead everywhere like i'm looking and showing you this stuff right away as it happens here's the giant plumes of smoke this is what it smells like and like when uh i, I got a text yesterday from my dad who was watching fox news and he was like oh they just <laughs> interviewed this guy from because i told him about this a week ago and he hadn't you know he hadn't heard about it of course because wait let me let me reenact last night yeah hey dad what's up uh, put on Tucker Carlson. Tucker, <laughs> Tucker Carlson's covering the train explosion. I said, "Oh yeah, what, what's he t what's he talking about?" I don't know, but it's really good. Put on Tucker Carlson right away. <laughs> that's basically that was, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I will. It was, uh, I will. I, think it was I will Jesse say, Waters though. I think I will Jesse say <laughs> Tucker Carlson, in my view, is a white supremacist, uh, a phony baloney. He's not a populist. I think he's an heir of like the Swanson uh, I, I yeah. uh, money. He's a total bullshit artist, an anti-Semite, uh, great replacement theory bullshit. Uh, he's pushed a lot of COVID nonsense. So I'm not a fan of COVID. I'm not a fan of Tucker Carlson. Right. If he ha I would go on, but it would not. I would not be like, yes, Tucker, uh, like Glenn Greenwald, Jimmy Dore, mm -hmm. and the rest of the sycophants. But actually, the segment was pretty decent. And he did yeah. call out uh, the EPA. He did call out the company, mm -hmm. um, did call out the Ohio governor. It wasn't all like, this is Biden's fault. Because uh, this is way past Joe Biden. Uh, this, frankly, uh, actually Obama pushed a regulation that might have stopped this. Mm -hmm. Trump repealed it. This is bigger than all that. This is right. this the system. Corporate capture has right. captured our government. Notice uh, Zane is working on this story for us. But uh, notice that the uh, highest recipients of money from Norfolk Southern uh, are either quiet about this or... <laughs> kind of not criticizing the company, including um, Chantel Brown, uh, the congresswoman from uh, Cleveland who beat Nina Turner. Um, surprisingly, I think she has said something, but it has not been critical right. of Norfolk Southern. Uh, she got $7,500, uh, so kind of pennies, right. uh, but enough to shut her up, basically, because that's how it works. For sure. I mean, with Tucker, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, the, the point I was trying to make, though, is that like Fox News is pulling these people on from TikTok, not from they had someone there going to cover this story. They're they're like, holy shit, you know, this is actually blowing up online. We're not talking about it. And they probably looked at it as, oh, there's probably some money we can make. We can bump our viewership because uh, this is actually a good story, even though we were going to ignore it for a while. But to your point earlier, they'll they'll be done by the end of the week for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Um, yeah. And you want to know something? Honestly, not at all. This is not like, hey, pat us on the back. I've probably done more than most of the corporate media combined in three days. And right. I'm not even there. 
Right. Uh, I, I want to stay married, so I can't really go to a toxic, uh, toxic chemical shower with a three month old. Mm -hmm. But um, and that's just from effort, like getting into the Facebook pages. There's a yep. couple Facebook pages that I've uh, tried to get into reaching out to residents uh, mm -hmm. who are very busy. So you just take who you could get uh, reaching out. We've reached out to a bunch of toxicologists and other experts to try and it's not just vinyl chloride, by the way. So we're trying to find out what other chemicals were on that train. What are the long-term effects? Mm -hmm. Animals, uh, humans. Yeah. Um, I, I just got a message from a business. So if you actually make the effort as a journalist, you could speak with these people. And obviously, then when you're on the ground, uh, that's a whole other element. So right. uh, stuff like this needs to be covered. And it's I, I'm sure you've felt this, too. It, it's kind of tough. We would like as, as in, independent journalists to kind of be octopuses and stretch our tentacles to 10 communities at one right. time, if you can, uh, I've been criticized. Oh, you only cover Flint. It's like, well, Flint is like 10 jobs in its own. Right. I'd like to get on my broom and cover every, uh, uh community. That's it's, yeah. It's, it's hard to stay on top of everything when you're like, you've got to look at it from the perspective of like, like, the the resources i mean we've got a like great group of people working on status quo stuff but like the resources we have compared to the resources that cnn has and the job that cnn has done covering covering the story versus the job that we have done I, it's pretty dramatically different we're doing a, a much better job with a much smaller team and a, a lot less resources in my opinion um they have more people so they can reach out in more of these places but even with those resources they're just they waste a lot of them. It's uh, imagine if we had the money that CNN has to be able to get out and, and do this sort of stuff. Um, and by the way, if I was interviewing the Ohio governor, first question <laughs> I would have asked, um, why is it you sent those people home while you're doing the testing? Wait, wait isn't you the whole you point of isn't the whole point of testing that you don't know the answer? So why are these people sent home? Right. Yeah, why well, you wouldn't want to uh, do what Don Lemon did and start by saying, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. It's not right. happening to him. He, do, he doesn't live in this town. It's happening. Exactly. You should be. I'm so sorry for the residents that are having to go through this. What are you doing to fix this problem for them? Right. And by the way, they don't know because they're not talking to residents. No. But uh, the mother that I interviewed uh, yesterday oh, yeah, uh, was... with the son who was projectile vomiting told me uh, DeWine was there. The governor of Ohio was there. Uh after the train fire, because remember, there was a gap for two or three days between yep. the fire and the controlled explosion, or as a hazardous chemical expert said, they nuke the town. Right. Um, he got the hell out of there right after the the right after the uh, controlled release. Right. So the wealthy governor, he got out of there. Most of the residents did not. Mm -hmm. So and no, by the way, the, but in his words, the air is fine. The water. Right. Is fine. And by the way, was it? I think it was Zena who found out from a resident. So there's, I guess, a, an area where you're supposed to go and hand in your receipts to Norfolk Southern to get reimbursed for if you're at a hotel or wherever yeah. it is. And they're now asking for your social security card and all this crazy shit. So some people got turned away who didn't have it. Right. So, I mean, this is just, it, it's absolutely insane. CNN, for the most part, most of the coverage I see is already on the horse race of the Republican 2024 race and Nikki Haley announcing. You're not excited uh, about Nikki Haley? I'm very excited. Uh, I do like Charleston, so uh, I do like good barbecue. Yeah, um, yeah no, she's running for <laughs> vice president, clearly. Um, MSNBC was covering uh, the Georgia Trump investigation because apparently 
you know, the investigation into Trump and he was on the phone, find me 11,000 more votes because uh, apparently something's happening with that. I don't know. Call me naive or call me just an old school dinosaur. I think a chemical mushroom cloud in the heartland of America should be the leading story on most newscasts. Yes. But then again, you covered Uvalde for us. Mm -hmm. How long did that go on? Two weeks before they moved on? Yeah, I mean, may maybe two weeks. I don't know. Yeah. And and I mean, uh, here in the state of Texas, zero new legislation after it, uh, where the, the legislation is in session right now. And Texas is like a weird system where you go every other year. Nothing. And, and there won't be anything. There's not going to be anything. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, folks, uh, Lewis interviewed a resident from um, East Palestine. We'll air that tomorrow. Uh, we have other content we haven't aired yet. Uh, we are also behind the scenes talking. Um, the truth is, you know, we want to send somebody, but, you know, in journalism, there's different kinds of risks. So if I'm going to Standing Rock, I, I know there's a good risk that, like, shots will be near me. Hopefully not real bullets. I got hit with a rubber bullet in my calf, and it fucking hurt. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't a real bullet, but rubber bullets could hurt, too. But in those cases, you just kind of got to be have eyes everywhere and just be as careful as you can. It's a different story when you're going into somewhere where it has nothing to do about being careful. It's you're walking into a chemical rain shower. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were going to send Lewis over the weekend and then I slept on it and I was like, you know what? I don't want to send somebody into somewhere that I don't know if it's going to cause long-term health effects for that yeah. person. Uh, so I, Definitely respect journalists that are there right now. Uh, we will probably, uh, somebody, uh, Lewis, uh, maybe myself, or somebody will be on the ground. But we figured, you know what, let it be for a while. We'll mm -hmm. cover it. Uh, and we'll go. On, I'd rather go on the ground when most of the cameras leave, because unfortunately, that is when the cover-up begins. Yep. Uh, and that is when residents are feeling like they've been deserted on an island. Um, so... Uh, we'll, be, we'll be sending somebody probably in the next few days. Uh, and yeah, it's a tough story because it's not in one area. I mean, you, you're going to be driving around just trying to find people affected. And a lot of it's needle in a haystack, yep. looking in Facebook groups and all this. Uh, I just found uh, Therese an hour before I went live, uh, yep. just looking in Facebook groups and reaching out uh, who was having these problems 15 miles away. So uh, any parting thoughts, uh, Lou? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it should be being covered way more if, if uh, you know, we'll see tonight with the, the, the public meeting or town hall, as they're calling it. Um, if anything kind of pops up from that, I'm sure we'll we'll be ready to talk about it. And if we get some some more clear answers as to like what what the actual test results are. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely consider becoming a member to help make make the trip for myself or somebody else to get out there um, for this. No, story no, don't and consider. Don't consider yeah. becoming a member. Do it. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis is like a little teddy bear. Look at him. So uh -huh. Lewis is telling you, if you have five to ten dollars a month, tell him, Lewis, we need your help. Yeah. Because no. it's not cheap to send people cheap. out. And I mean getting getting rental cars, hotels. Uh I, I gotta unfortunately I can't do this for free. I'm not I'm not made of money over here. Um, so uh we gotta be able to make sure that uh everybody behind the scenes oh he is cute cute there we go that's nice thank you marcy <laughs> i wasn't ready for that though i don't know he how does he does screen, need, but... he does need to eat a little more though I, yeah, yeah very, i probably could I probably very could. concerned he weighs yeah. 110 pounds but yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean uh seriously though this stuff is is really important so 
Um, if you've got the money, definitely become a member, um, five to 10 bucks a month. Um, if you have specific uh, things, if you're on the ground there, you live in the area and you want to uh, be interviewed either remotely like uh, we did here today, or if I do get out there in the next couple of days or so, and you want to show me around and, and talk on camera, um, we'd love to, we'd love to chat with you. And um, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. And uh, definitely um, remember folks, uh, Lewis, as far as I can tell, did the, did the most work on the Jackson water crisis, which is still ongoing. Uh, so he's definitely uh, familiar with yeah. these environmental calamities. And, uh, and I'll add, I'd, I'd like to get back to Jackson at some point too. And membership is, is something that can make that happen and keep that story in the forefront because uh, the federal government, uh, when they passed money to give to Jackson, they added in 600 million or so dollars, which is generally speaking, depending on the estimate you look at, less than half of what the cost of actually fixing the problem there is. Um, it's like, you know, slapping some duct tape on the bottom of a bathtub with a giant hole in it. Um, that's not going to solve the problem. So if you want to see on the ground reporting in Ohio, if you want to see more on the ground reporting in Jackson, other places, um, the, the only way on how to do it is membership, donations, that sort of thing. And uh, Chris Garrett, OG of Status Coup, says five bucks. More important to cover the cover up when the other cameras leave. We need Status Coup to stay on this like a pit bull. Absolutely. You are correct, Steve. Uh, you are correct, uh, Chris. And uh, I'll say uh, the, the truth is um, I'm not going to trust the arsonist who burned down the house to help me rebuild it. So I don't particularly want to hear from Norfolk Southern. They're in cover your ass mode right now mm -hmm. and just trying to – uh, keep it in the hundreds of millions if they can uh, instead of billions. Uh, and the EPA, like I said, uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but look at what the CDC has done. Uh, they are they have pushed a land of make believe with their fake maps in terms of COVID. I mean, Walgreens has a more accurate map in terms of airborne transmission of COVID than the CDC, which is the Capitalist Defense Center. Uh, so uh, EPA, uh, they I know for a fact knew that the Michigan Health Department and the Michigan Environmental Department were cheating on the water testing in Flint to get artificially lower lead levels. And when I, call, when I called them on it, uh, they basically told me, yeah, they're not testing the right way. On the record, they told me that, but didn't do anything about it. Because <laughs> it's all, the, the MO of these agencies is kind of do the bare minimum, move on to the next thing, sweep it under the rug. Yep. And if you're an indigenous person, you know what I'm talking about, because you have been in the bullseye of all this corporate industrial pollution, whether it's fracking, mining, all sorts of terrible stuff. If you're a black person, a brown person, or even a poor white person, they are dumping these uh, plants are dumping their waste near you. Uh, these mines, these pipelines, it's all falling on the backs of the poor. Uh, and by the way, if this train thing happened in the heart of Austin, uh, oh or God. LA or nice part of New York city or a uh, good gentrified part of Chicago. You better believe a federal disaster would be declared. We'd the have Army a lot Corps. of answers already. We'd have, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you status Lou. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. We'll talk in a little bit. Sounds good. And, uh, thank everybody uh, for watching today. Uh, got a lot of great information, uh, between, uh, if you came late, the image uh, we showed, uh, if you could put that back up one more time, Colin, uh, this was from a uh, workplace right outside, uh, right next to where 
uh, the train explosion happened. Uh, so that picture was taken yesterday. And that brown ring was not, let me repeat, was not there before the train explosion. Uh, and I was told by a worker, the water literally looks white and uh, smells like wet dog. So yeah, that's picture taken yesterday. That brown ring was not there before this train explosion. Uh, I'm glad we had the former uh, chief of staff of OSHA on to talk a little bit more about vinyl chloride. Uh, and of course, Therese, who lives in Poland, Ohio, uh, 15 miles away, describing her symptoms. So we're trying to uh, cover as much as humanly possible uh, as we can. Uh, let me read uh, more Super Chats. And you can sign up as a member. So don't forget about membership. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will have updates as we get them. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter because a lot of the uh, news we break, we break it first on our Twitter. That's at status coup. Uh, we'll have, you know, hopefully some video and other uh, stuff from the town hall that's happening in East Palestine tonight. Uh, also, make sure you uh, follow us on our Substack. You could sign up to our Substack for free. That's statuscoup.substack.com. Uh, we also post original reporting there. Uh, Zaina is going to be posting uh, a Substack article probably tomorrow. Uh, about the uh, politicians that have taken money from Norfolk Southern. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, this is also a good way, uh, our Substack, uh, to get notified before we're going live because uh, we usually post uh, on Substack before we go live. Uh, and one more time, I am not asking. I am pretty much begging. If you can, if you got 5 to $10 a month, sign up as a status quo member. We need you. On-the-ground reporting is expensive, so is having freelancers to go places. So is having freelancers to host shows in studio. So if you can become a member for 5 to $10 a month, it makes a huge difference. And we're probably going to do our monthly members call next week. Uh, that's through Zoom. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a good night.